This is the Anglican Perspective Podcast with Canons Phil Ashey and Mark Eldridge of the American Anglican Council. Join us for an in-depth look at building up and defending Great Commission Anglicanism throughout the world by developing faithful leaders, equipping local congregations, and always reforming the church. You can find out more about how we can help you and your churches thrive by visiting www.americananglican.org. Here now is Canon Phil and Canon Mark. Welcome to your Anglican Perspective. This is a podcast of the American Anglican Council, where we focus on building up and defending Great Commission Anglicanism through equipping local churches, developing faithful leaders, and always reforming the church. Um, I'm Canon Mark Eldridge, and I'm glad you're listening to our podcast today. I'm here with Canon Phil Ashey, who's the president and CEO of the AAC. And uh, today we're going to be talking about um, Holy Spirit renewal. Uh, because, well, we're coming off Pentecost, hopefully you've all just experienced a great Pentecost Sunday, and just sort of as we, as we sort of still in that experience of that, of that before we move on to the next thing, we want to just kind of capture that Pentecost theme of, of the importance of the Holy Spirit and the life and mission of the church, and so, um, so we're going to talk about that today. I want to k- kick it over to Phil and just let him kind of share a little bit about his thoughts about this topic. Well, thank you, Ken and Mark. It's great to be with you and to have this conversation about the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, one of the first things that uh, I think about when people talk about the Holy Spirit as Anglicans is they think of the Holy Spirit as, you know, kind of an alien force out there that's hovering mm-hmm. over uh, the organ someplace. It's, it's like an, an add-on or, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's something that's, you know, uh, misguided Pentecostals have tried to, to add to this great Anglican tradition. Hmm. And, and I want to say a couple of things about that. No, number one is a testimony I heard this morning from someone who called me about uh, the Equality Act and how they could okay. get involved in um, in speaking uh, against that. And this, this wonderful man who called me up said, well, we just had our bishop visiting and doing confirmations. And he laid his hands on me at the altar on Sunday and he prayed this prayer over me. And I began practically to cry because he couldn't have known the things he was praying about uh, mm. that, that deeply touched me. And I went up to him afterwards and said, how did you know how to pray for me? And he said, well, sometimes even bishops hear the Holy Spirit when they pray. Yeah. So this is just an incredible part of our life as Anglicans that we believe the sacraments are actually channels for the Holy Spirit alive today to minister in power to the people of God. And the other thing I'd say is that we revere the great tradition, and I am reading from the Fathers to the Church's daily spiritual readings. And Mark, you know what, today, the, the Thursday after Pentecost, this is a reading from the commentary of St. Cyril of Alexandria. You know, within the first- yeah, I, I, I didn't read that today, but I'm glad you did and are going to share it with us. This is good. <laughs> Well, I know, Mark, you probably, it's on your to-do list today. Yeah, but, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Catch you a little bit of slack here, but this is what he says, you know, within the first hundreds of years of the church, he says, you can see that the spirit recreates, so to speak, in a new pattern, 
those among whom he is seen to dwell, he readily replaces their desire to think earthly thoughts with the desire to fix their gaze only on the things of heaven. He changes their unmanly cowardice into the spirit of courage. And we can mm -hmm. certainly see that the disciples experienced this. The spirit became their armor so that they did not yield to the attacks of their persecutors, but held fast to the love of Christ. And boy, don't we need the love of Christ through the power of the Spirit in this culture in which we now live? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I grew up Angl Episcopal, you know, originally, obviously Anglican and, and in church every Sunday, uh, just about as active as you could be in youth group and church camps and the whole thing. And the only thing I really knew about the Holy Spirit is the, the short little bit he got in the Nicene Creed. Yeah. Um, and, and that there, you know, he's there some, something, but it just, it was just never anything was talked about or, or, um, certainly anything I understood kind of like you were saying, it's just sort of this thing that's there, but we don't know what to do. And, and, um, uh, I've, I've shared probably on this podcast or in other places, but you know, once I accepted Christ as my savior, and, and I had this experience of God's presence. It was, it was, I knew God was there, but when I prayed and asked Christ to be my savior, forgive my sins and come into my life and be Lord and all that it is, you know, that immediate change that happened in me, I, which, which I didn't know was the Holy Spirit at the time, but something had changed. And I could tell that now God is within me, you know, and it was, a, it was just, well, I was born again, but I didn't even know what that meant. But the point is, I was like, instantly knew what, what, whatever just happened, whatever this is if I had this all, all this time before then I could have lived this Christian life that, that I was trying so hard to and failing at. I, I just didn't have the power to, to do the stuff that I knew I was supposed to like, you know, just anyway, I don't want to get, a, get yeah. into other, but it was just this, that power, we need his presence and power in us working through us to live the Christian life. Um, certainly to be the kind of Christians that we want to be transformed, but um also to fulfill the mission and ministry he has. And as you just said, our, our culture having shifted away from Christianity so fast, right in front of our eyes for many of us, it's uh, seems so to me so much, we, we need the power of the Holy spirit so much more than, than uh, we've always needed it, but it just feels to me like, man, we need more now than ever. So. Absolutely. Mark. And, you know, I'm reminded of something Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where he says, the God of this world has blinded uh, the, the eyes, the, the, the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we need a power beyond ourselves to lift the veil that has been supernaturally uh, lowered on the eyes and the minds of people in our culture who cannot see and will not see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we were really talking about revival, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a great book too that I want to commend to our listeners by uh, Robert Kraft, uh, K-R-A-F-T, who's a professor of missiology at Fuller Theological Seminary. It's called Christianity with Power. And he makes the very persuasive case that in 20th century and now 21st century Christianity, we have defaulted to Christianity without power. 
Hmm. And he makes a few points like, you know, well, when we worship, what do we center our worship around? He says, well, we center it around a lecture. Uh, we call that, you know, a sermon. Um, we, uh, we go to doctors and we trust medicines far more uh, than we trust the power of prayer. And he goes on and on. And basically the case he makes as a professor of missiology and as someone who's actually been on the front lines of mission where the Holy Spirit has been at work all over the world is he says that the kinds of things that the church experienced in Acts 2, 42 through 47 that we read about in right. this fully functioning New Testament church, um, that's Christianity with power. Uh, it's the, the, the supernatural dimension of the normal Christian life. And that's what God wants for us. And that's what we need right. if we want to lift this veil. Right. Well, and, I, and I, again, the way I understand it is, obviously, when Jesus started proclaiming the good news, he said the good news is the kingdom of God is at hand. And so, so he, it's, it's, it's this kingdom of God is what this good news is, and that we can live in this reality called the kingdom of God. And when, as you look through the Gospels, what he did was then demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of God through miracles and all these su supernatural um, walking on water, all these supernatural ways. It's demonstrated this is a this is a different thing, this kingdom of God. But these things are more normal in the kingdom of God. He demonstrated it and then proclaimed and then he proclaimed this is the kingdom of God. And then in the in these and then in the book of Acts after Pentecost, just kind of tagging off what you said about Acts two. You see the same pattern. There's a demonstration and a proclamation, a demonstration and a proclamation, or a proclamation and a demonstration. But there's right. they're both there, right. and I think I think in our times there's often been a lot of proclamation, but not necessarily the demonstration of the reality of the kingdom of God that might open somebody's eyes and go, well, you know what, maybe maybe there's more to this. I don't necessarily believe your all the truth claims you're telling me, but um, you just prayed for me and uh, the, my pain went away. So yeah. maybe I ought to at least ask some more questions. Just so the demonstration, the proclamation, I think is the pattern we see in Acts. And, and obviously we're passionate here in our revitalization work to help local churches um, re recapture that, that balance of both proclamation and demonstration for, for the, you know, the sake of the world around them. So, so Mark, I, I, I know this is something near and dear to our hearts, to, to you and, and to our Church of Idolization Ministries, you know, to help churches move out of places of, of uh, maintenance and even decline into, into fresh vision. But how does the Holy Spirit play into that uh, whole revitalization piece? Yeah, no, so we, well, when you, you hired me. What is it? Several years ago now, yeah. um, to to kind of help take our the AAC's revitalization efforts to the next level, which we're we're doing, but um, but you had already sort of built the the revitalization resources we had around the word revive, yeah. Um, and so when I came on on with you, I I, I took that acrostic and and uh, sort of. Um, added to it and tweaked it to kind of make what the current revive process is. But the point of sharing that is that, is that the, that I always knew or knew the truth is that, to, that there is no revitalization without renewal. So in that revive acrostic, when, when we teach this about revitalization, the RE of revive is renewal. And mm -hmm. we, we just, there is no revitalization without renewal because we can, what, 
I know to be true through experience, plus also through working with lots of churches, is you can have all the strategies and the programs and all the all the, um, the, the knowledge of how to do things. But if you don't have the, the, the passion for Jesus in your own heart and the power of the Holy Spirit to operate through us to do those strategies and those principles, then, then again, it's just all busy work. And so there, you've got to have that renewal. And renewal, again, we mean sort of being renewed in your relationship with Jesus, but also re- refreshed and renewed in the power of the Spirit. Um, to do the stuff of revitalization. So we just, that's just a key part of, of any church's revitalizing is starting with that renewal. Don't just jump right to pro, you know, strategies yeah. and, and, uh, and, and, and harder work. And so that's been a big part of it. But as I've been doing this the last several years around the province, I just see that over and over again. And just as I talk about in churches that are in maintenance or decline, you know, talk about that renewal piece. That's often the piece that people respond to the most. There's just this sense of like, yes, we've been working so hard and we've been going, trying so much and we're just worn out and we're tired and we really need to fall in love with Jesus again. Or we really need to get back to that place where we, they, most people have had that at some point, you know, we went to a, I don't know, some service a long time ago or or presio or something you know lots of different ways we've been but just kind of got just dried up and so i'm just saying i'm finding that's that uh, need of renewal is is seems to be really uh great out there in the province and to that end i mean uh, feel free to interrupt here but to that end i um you know as we're working on the revitalization just realizing what a need the renewal piece of that yes um, we decided like we need to offer just just a whole set of resources just around the renewal. So if someone says we, I'm working with a church or we're working with a church, and they say, well, great, we need the renewal. What do we do? Right. Um, we, we're now we now have a series of resources that we're growing that we can say, OK, if, if, if your church needs to focus on renewal before anything else, here's some things you can do. See, that, that's wonderful. What, what you've just said and. I know so many people too, Mark, uh, that are just weary in well-doing, you know, because they've tried and tried and tried through so many different programs. And then you, you, you hold that up against Acts 2.47, where it says, and the Lord added to their number. The mm. Lord added to their number. Daily, those who are being saved. It was organic, spirit-led, rather than programmatic, you know, uh, human effort driven. So I guess my question to you is, what do you say to the, to the leaders who come to you for revitalization and say, okay, well, you know, we, we, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and I know the Holy Spirit's at work in us. Why do we need anything else? Well, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, I mean, if they're generally operating in a, in a daily way, you know, passionately in love with Jesus and and in the power of the Spirit and the church that they're leading is is operating in that sense of uh, love love of the Lord and for each other and for the lost and in the power of the Spirit. Then then I'd say, great, let's work. Let's start working on the other aspects of revitalization, like um, you know, vision and and, uh, and and what's your vision and different strategies and principles. Uh, that we teach on being church health. So, I mean, there's lots you can do if you have that. 
um, if that's answering your question, but, but um, the other thing too, is we, we do, um, I've recently been, I wrote about this a couple of times in our articles in the blog, but um, I used to joking, you know, we all used to joke, oh, well, we leak, we leak, you know, yeah, yeah. spirit. And I think that that's a fine image, but I've recently been more f- focused on the idea of, of needing to stay hydrated with the living water, exactly. you know? And so we, we can, you, you can be filled with the spirit, and then, and then go about and get work and work and work and work. And if you don't continually replenish or rehydrate with the living water, which Jesus said in Luke seven is the spirit, um, you can find yourself dried up and weary and worn out pretty quickly. So it's that, it's that need to constantly be refilling or replenishing your, your, uh, you know, the Holy spirit. Well, and of course so I, that that's comes to my mind. I love that image that you use out of your own experience, you know, sort of the long distance uh, bicycle riding, you got to have your water bottle, you got to keep hydrating. Otherwise you're going to slow down. And what a wonderful image, because I think many of our leaders, clergy, lay leaders, uh, leaders at every level of the church, you know, this is not a sprint. This Mm -hmm. is a, a long, you know, marathon that we're in. And the idea of hydrating and letting those rivers of living water constantly renew and refresh us uh, and, um, and overflow, the ministry out of the overflow. Yeah. I know some people are concerned with what they view as some of the, some of the excesses of charismatic renewal the emotionalism, you know, some of the, the, the wildness that goes along with it. But I wonder what you think about the image that Charles Hummel used in his book called Fire in the Fireplace, where he said, you know, uh, without uh, a fire, the fireplace, and we think about this as sort of the traditional structure of the church, sacraments, liturgy, all of that can become cold and dead. Um, but, uh, but without, without the uh, fireplace, the fire can rage out of control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the case that he was making that pr- particularly within a kind of a great tradition church like Anglicanism, we are such a wonderful place for the Holy Spirit to burn brightly within the fireplace, if you will, the great tradition, the liturgy, um, the, uh, the holy orders, the, the, the very structure of Anglicanism. Um, and any thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I uh, couldn't agree more. And I love that image of the fire in the fireplace and how it works together. And, and we certainly in, you know, our Anglican revitalization ministries and our efforts to equip local churches in fulfilling the Great Commission and growing and being healthy, that's very much a core value for us is not suggesting in any way to have to to have more of the Holy Spirit in your church uh, means in any way having less tradition or less ritual or less liturgy or or abandoning that for some uh, image of uh, you know charismatic revival that that has no no tradition, you know, all the images that people fear. I think people sometimes worry when they going to bring someone like me in to help with revitalization that I'm going to say, okay, you need to get rid of liturgy and bring in smoke machines and, 
you know, and, and <laughs> loud music and, uh, you know, right. If someone wants to do that. It's not my, but maybe, but that's not what I, I'm teaching anybody. You know, it's within the context of what, of, of our traditions as, as Anglican and your local church is living that out. In the context of that, you've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and it's got to be real. It's got to be passionate and it's got to be um, on fires to use that word, but yeah, so I, that's a very big value for us. And, and I, and I would also add to that, like, you know, um, how do I say this? I, I, I think what we're, what we're advocating for and what we're trying to help local churches have is the power of the Holy spirit for today, for 2021 and yes, 2022 and 2023. We're not trying to help churches recapture some experience that they had in the 19, 60s and 70s and 80s maybe and say man we missed those good old days we need to have that back that's not what we're saying we're saying the culture around us has gone so far from christianity so fast and our churches are are oftentimes declining or maintaining and if our churches are going to thrive and we we have to have the power of the holy spirit today for the mission of the church it's not just more holy spirit so we can have more experience of him ourselves well, I want more of the Holy Spirit so I can experience in myself, but more than anything, I need the Holy Spirit to be empower me to go out and do the mission to see other people come to Christ and see the world transformed around us. So we're, I think we, we would be emphasizing within our Anglican traditions and our context and having the church be empowered for the mission of today. Again, not unlike in, in Acts, which in Acts 2, it was the Holy Spirit came and yeah. immediately they were proclaiming, demonstrating and proclaiming uh, the kingdom of God and and the mission of the church expanded. So, anyway, I, that's that's really what we're we're trying. To, and, and another thing, I, I'm going a little long here, but the other thing is, we have a real value on on renewal within the local church. Yes, uh, and seeing people's experiencing of of the Holy Spirit empowering them in their local Anglican church, not off at some camp somewhere or some conference somewhere there was nothing wrong with that it's just my experience growing up was that I, I, my my local church was pretty dead people would run off to go to some camp or some conference get all fired up for the for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and come back and there and then be complain about their church being dead and then go run off to a conference somewhere for more yeah. and keep running to the mountaintop or something and I just never liked that I thought no your church should be the place where you're excited about going to be passionate and about Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can bring people who don't know him to your church not to some camp somewhere so Anyway, you see me getting fired up here. I just think it's the local church is the hope of the world, not not uh, parachurch ministries. And so, anyway, we want to help bring local renewal into the local church. So, as as we wrap up this this podcast, this week of Pentecost, you know, we're reminded of the purpose of the power, which you have just touched on, Mark, which is, as Jesus said in Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he doesn't say, so that you can go back and have a Holy Spirit huddle and mm-hmm. bless each other. He says, and you will be my witnesses. Right. It's for witnessing. The purpose right. of the power is for empowering us to share the gospel. So, if someone wanted to have us come and do a renew weekend at their congregation, we just did one in, in Peachtree mm-hmm. City, and we've got a wonderful video we just released. But but tell us a little bit about what what 
what are some of the things that that uh, that we need to do uh, in order to make that happen? Yeah. So I mean, so just to just to clarify, we, what Phil is talking about is we have a we just created and uh, started offering a, what we call a renew conference, a renew weekend that is designed to be brought into a local church. So if you're a leader of a local church and you say, man, this we need that. We we need we need renewal before we do anything else. And coming out of COVID and all this stuff, we just that sounds really good to us. So we we what we would do is we'd bring in a small team into your church, working with you uh, for a, for a weekend, um, a Friday evening and a and a Saturday late afternoon evening. So not going to wear you out with all day all day stuff, but but a couple evenings of of teaching and and times of prayer and ministry. Uh, to bring that that renewal in your church and then wrap it up Sunday morning for those who weren't able to come on Friday and Saturday with, you know, a sermon, which, you know, the, the rector can preach. We don't even have to do that unless they want us to. But but anyway, just come into your church and bring this renewal weekend to, to then help your church just get that that fire going again. And then we're also that if someone's if you're interested in that, you can just reach out to me directly at mldridge at americananglican.org. That's M-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E at AmericanAnglican.org. And uh, just email me to set up a phone call, and I'd be happy to talk with you, explain details, answer any questions, and, and uh, hopefully get, get a, a renew weekend scheduled in your, your church. Uh, we're, we're, and we're traveling. We're, we're, uh, we're ready to go. So if you're ready to go, we, we'll come. Uh, and we're also working on other resources. Over the summer, we're going to be creating a series of curriculums that a video-based curriculums that, you know, your church could, could download and use sort of on a Wednesday night or in a small group or in a Sunday school setting uh, to, to, to emphasize the other aspects in, of, of this renewal in the Holy Spirit need. So awesome. look forward to hearing from you. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. And just a, you know, a closing thought from Romans 8, 1, you know, where Paul is just described in Romans 7, his struggle trying to live the Christian life on his own. And then Romans 8, 1 comes along after that, uh, that cry, who will deliver me from this, this wretched body of death? And Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life. That is the Holy Spirit has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're offering. And so we're just delighted um, to, uh, to be a, a resource for all of you listening uh, to experience the gift, the power, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit more and more in your lives. And thank you, Ken and Mark. And uh, we're, we're here to serve you. So God bless you. Amen, Ken and Phil. Thank you so much. That's a good word to end on. And thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope you keep coming back and looking for future podcasts that'll keep rolling out on on, uh, various topics uh, that the AAC deals with, um, wide wide range. So just uh, keep checking in. God bless you. You've been listening to your Anglican Perspective with Ken and Phil and Ken and Mark of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it so that biblically faithful and orthodox Anglicans can stay connected to the latest news, updates, and inspirations from around the world.